Hello. How are we all? Welcome to the Feel Good Album Club episode three. Are we sitting comfortably? You don't need to answer that question. It was rhetorical. My name is Cameron Singler Harris, and by the time this episode comes out, hopefully, the beer gardens will be open. Fancy that. More importantly, though, the charity shops will be open, and I cannot fucking wait. So, episode three. Um, thank you very much for the reactions for episode one and episode two, which are both available to listen to now, if you haven't already. Um, we've had George Gad on, speaking about the Blue Album by Weezer, and we've had Will Owen speaking about Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen. Two lovely guests, two brilliant albums, and I thought, you know what? Let's keep that going, shall we? Let's push things forward. What a segue. Um, episode three, we've got Ben Mark Smith, legendary Nottingham musician um, and local music champion. He's one of the nicest people in the Nottingham music scene. And he's got an album coming out, which we talk about. We talk about his early material and his the gigs that he's put on his history with music, as well as teaching at the Derby College, which I never knew about, but you'll hear that in the conversation. But most importantly, we discuss his contribution to the Feel Good Album Club, which is Original Pirate Material by The Streets. A fantastic album, one of my favourites. Um, I'll be back at the end to talk some more with you. But for now, kick back, whether you're in a beer garden, in the British Art Foundation, or just somewhere nice, somewhere relaxed. Sit back and listen to the Feel Good Album Club, episode three, with Ben Mark Smith, talking about original pirate material. Enjoy. And I am joined by Ben Mark Smith. Hello, how are you? I'm good, mate. Person good I've just met now. <laughs> yeah. How's your locking down been? Um, it's been weird. It's I live quite far away from like the whole. I live in Derbyshire, so quite far away from the whole Nottingham thing. So I've not really seen anybody really, but a lot of lot of chance to uh, write some new songs and all that sort of oh, stuff yeah. and listen to music. So, yeah, yeah. How's yours been? It's been all right, yeah. I've not really felt... I, I released an album in first... No, it was the second lockdown I did that. Yeah. But it's it's only this lockdown where I've actually been really, really creative and, like, there's a part of me that really, really wants to get back out, like I said earlier, but I just need more time. I just need more time to get all the stuff out. Lock, this, yeah. this, this podcast is a lockdown-free project and... Who knows? Who, Who bloody knows? knows? 
That album was really good, by the way. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, that's very lovely of you. Speaking of albums, you're making one, as I <laughs> even in the uh, studio. Yeah, very. Um, you know what? I thought um, whilst we're in lockdown, whilst I've written like loads and loads of songs, it's kind of the best time to um, do it. I planned 2020 as my time to release loads of music, <laughs> and it was just the worst possible. I brought out Who's the Girl in January, had a sold out Gem Cafe gig, you know, really good start to the year. Mm. And then just this happened and, you know, released released uh, one year on and thanks for the adventure and what have you, like a few more songs, but it just not being able to gig them was weird. So, so yeah, I've um, been in the studio with Ben Marshall, had quite a few really talented guys in to play and we've, we've created something um, Really, really cool, I think. An album called uh, Drinking Games, it's going to be called. <laughs> what a title. I'm really yeah. looking forward to it. Um, and, yeah, when do you think it'll be released? 2020? I was about to say 2021, but it's, this is 2021. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I'm aiming um, end of July, start of August. I've got a date in mind, but I don't want to say just, just at the minute. But I'm thinking it's going to be end of um, July. And, yeah, going to have a big... Big launch party, if you know, if possible, by Weather that point. permitting. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, yeah, end of July, drinking games should be out, and um, it's an album just full of songs about drinking and going out, basically. So I'm hoping it's going to be a really nice, um, you know, album for yeah. people when they've finally got out of this um, crazy year that we've had. Just be some feel-good songs for some feel-good times. Exactly, exactly. You're That's very, very good at doing that. Um, Thank you. Yeah, Ben, you've been a stalwart of not just the Nottingham music scene, but just the East Midlands in general for a good few years now. Where do you, how did you get started in that? Like, I'd quite like to know, personally. Yeah. Um, I suppose music, I did the, the usual thing that a lot of the musicians did around, um, you know, Nottinghamshire and Derbyshire. I, I studied music at... Um, at college and college university and then I uh, did my PGCE so I, I taught music at Derby College for um, about a year and a half I think something like that so that's how that started um, and whilst I was teaching I kind of thought I was doing the thing that a lot of music students do where it is basically um, you finish your course and you you're just a bit like oh god what do I do now I need to get a job so they go straight into teaching without actually having a lot of, you know, experience. So, um, so, if I, so I decided to properly get out, gigging, um, writing music, putting events on. And that's, that's how it came about, basically. Um, yeah, got into the Nottingham music scene, met loads of people like yourself and George Gad and um, what have you, and uh, just really nice. loved it. So... Very, very good. Yeah, I, I didn't know you taught at Derby College. Yeah, yeah, that is yeah. that is some unearthed BMS history. Um, yeah, not not many people know that actually. Um, because it was it was quite a quite a while ago. I, I taught the um, first. I think it was first diploma, national diploma, and then like technology classes as well. Um, so it's it's always quite interesting, you know, playing a gig and bumping into some of the the students that um, I was teaching. Yeah, it must be a, like really, really like 
kind do you, do you feel it's kind of like heartwarming or a little bit disconcerting at times um i'd, I'd say like heartwarming because um well th th i mean there there are some that um you know were really really talented and kind of just gave it up so um knowing that they're not really doing anything musical anymore and maybe just got a general job or whatever you know that's that's totally up to them but um is a bit you know not knowing that they're doing music anymore is a bit um disheartening but but when you um you know i've been to a few gigs uh and i've and i've put some of these artists on like the lineups that i've done um seeing them massively progress from uh how they were at college is um amazing really really good to say have you become the official booker of the dh lawrence festival in eastwood yeah yeah well um so chris barlow um, you know Chris Barlow, don't you? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chris Barlow started it. Uh, I think it started as just a, a one venue thing, and it was just like an evening, I think. Um, and after a couple of years, I played. And then a year after that, I ran a stage. And then I just kind of, me and Chris really got good mates, um, putting loads of events on. Um, he just had um, a new baby um, and wanted to kind of, you know, you know step back a little bit so i i took it on and um ended up doing most of it um booking in the stages booking in all the artists and it's it's now got to the point where it's um it's about 13 venues around eastwood i wow. think 150 acts and we try try our best to kind of make it that um they're all individual acts so you know people aren't playing about yeah sets whatever. yeah yeah oh it's so, so easy Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, we see it with Hockley Hustle, don't we? And it's, yeah. um, it's you know, it's difficult for promoters because people cancel on the, mm. you know, you know, they cancel for whatever reason, and you might have to get someone to do another set. But it's just, it's just nice to kind of have as many individual faces um, at a festival as possible. Do you know what I mean? So mm. um, you know, so it's as busy as as it can be. Yeah. Um... With, if all things go to plan this year, then hopefully it will be back this year. Um, it's on the 11th of September, I think. Yes, yeah. It's actually D.H. Lawrence's birthday this year. Um, oh, like fantastic. It finally yeah. aligns. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Something good. Something good to look forward to. Um, you released your street CP, not the streets, which we'll be talking about later, but the, like, just streets. Yeah. Um, yeah. In... September 2018 and did you put out was that the first set of songs that you released or was it yeah pretty pretty much I mean like um that's better memory than me I you obviously did your research <laughs> but I can't remember when I released that um but yeah when oh, I was God. in the uni part, part of the kind of the dissertation that we did in uni was to put out an album so I this a uh, hidden album somewhere that I um wrote and produce myself that's the first thing that I put out but that was when I had no following I wasn't gigging I wasn't doing anything so that didn't you know <laughs> do anything for me um so yeah finally streets was was the kind of um the biggest thing at that point that to put out um four songs that I'm I'm still like quite proud of but um not too sure about the sound of it so I've I've hidden it away on Bandcamp you can find it on there but you can't find it on Spotify and mm -hmm. yeah did a big launch at um, 
running horse with uh, George Gadden, pretty bad supporting. So that's I was a, there. Yes. Yeah. It was yeah. a good gig. Thank you. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. What I can remember of it anyway. <laughs> me and George had a bit of uh, whiskey. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, since then, as you mentioned earlier, you've released four brilliant singles. Like, Thank you. So you got Who's a Girl, One Year On, Thanks for the Adventure, and the Bandcamp exclusive Dog and Parrot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, Who's the Girl was a song that I was kind of gigging for like a long, long time before. And it came like, became this weird like thing around Nottingham, kind of like everybody knew it, everybody was like covering it. It was, um, it was wicked and a bit embarrassing in the same way as like I'd go to an open mic. And every artist would <laughs> end up offering who's the girl. That's it. Well, that, what, is, yeah. what a feeling. I know. <laughs> and yeah, I think in those four singles, like you really found yourself, you found your voice as an artist. And like the way you write songs is just so like unique. I was speaking this episode hasn't been released yet, but I was speaking to Will Owen about Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen and okay. the way he like mentions, he locates his songs in New Jersey and talks a lot about locations there to make them much more relatable. And you do that. Your songs are so East Midlands and so yeah. colloquial and relatable. And you've really, really nailed that, I think. I love kind of... I love most, you know, most artists and do it doing their thing, but I particularly kind of really like, um, you know, those those artists that kind of represent where they're from and and use their dialect and use the, you know, use the uh, the places that they um, grew up in, the situations they grew up in. I, I think it just makes it a bit more um, personal, doesn't it? And that's, such as such the album that we're going to talk uh, about. It's just, Ooh, yeah. Um, yeah, it just, yeah, I just really like that local thing. So using kind of like words like oat and stuff that aren't actually words, but <laughs> like it's something that I say all the time. Um, it confuses some people, but then the people that get it, like really, really get it. Yeah. And they've all got a very strong narrative as well. Like you do... You've nailed the story song too. Thanks for the adventure in particular. Like, I, I mean, I, I always like, I always love that sort of um, thing anyway. And I think that came from like, I used to be obsessed with like rap music, and mm. um, I think that's where the the importance in like ly lyricism came from. Um, but, but then, um, you know. A, a favorite of both of ours, I think. Um, Will Varley, you're a fan, yeah. aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, Will Varley. Yeah, I, I um, heard King for King for a King for the first time, and I think that's what kind of like just made me think this is this is the sort of songs I want to write. And King for mm -hmm. King is that where it's you know a song about a guy growing up, and each verse is kind of like different stages of his his life. I just yeah, I just love that kind of storytelling thing. Yeah, he's it, Will Varley is just he's in immaculate. He's one of the songwriters, songwriters, and he really should have more recognition. Like, you've got a couple of socially distanced gigs coming up. You've got one at Dubrex Studios in Derby. Yeah. Have you got any others? Um, I've got. Well, I forgot. I've got a lot of that are kind of 
unannounced. I think everybody's kind of waiting yeah. to really know. So I've got this just huge unannounced like list of gigs that I can't um, say it about. But yeah, I've got um, I've got a couple of festivals here for the music festival, which is um, and I've got one called Forge. For oh no, it's not Forge. But God, what's it called? <laughs> Border Fest. One Aye. called Border Fest. It's in sort of Ashfield. Yeah, it's got um, unknown era Kelsey members and. Um, the collective headline in it, I think. So, yeah, it's a lot of festivals because because they're outside and they're you know yeah. socially distanced and stuff. So, yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing what you announce. And of course, we're all waiting on tenterhooks for the release of Drinking Games in yeah, twenty yeah. in 2021 this year. Um, but speaking of albums, um, we come to the main event. Um, would you like to introduce for us, Ben Mark Smith, what album you've picked to induct in the Feel Good Album Club? Yeah, so so my favourite album, and I think um, for me anyway, it's a Feel Good Album, is um, the the Streets um, original pirate material. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, describe briefly, like your history of the album, how you got into it, and your connection with it, if you please, Benjamin. Yeah, so like, um, I mean, the funny, I suppose the first time I heard it or heard of the songs that are on this album might be the first time for a lot of people kind of um, my age or around that age is uh, the film Kid Altered. Have you seen it? Yeah. I've, not, I've not seen it, but I really want to. It's on my bucket list of films. It's good. It's, it's really good. Like Noel Clark like, directed it. I think it's like the first thing that he directed before he... He went off and did all these these other things that he did, um, but in that um, in that film the soundtrack is fantastic and it's got um, which two is it? It's Stay Positive and Turn Turn the Page. I think are the two songs first and last track think, on the album. Yeah, I think they're the two songs that are that are in that. Um, that are in that film and the really impactful moments. I won't spoil anything for you. Yeah. Um, the really impactful moments that the they're in that film. So they kind of stuck in my in my head. And just the fact that they sounded like nothing else at the minute. Um so that's that's how I first, you know, heard heard about um, the streets and those songs and went to uh, listen to the album immediately after and was just kind of like uh, blown away by it. Um, yeah, yeah. Nice. I think I was first aware of The Streets when Mike Skinner did like a cameo appearance in a Doctor Who episode. And oh, really? yeah, it's like, and I was reading an issue of Doctor Who magazine afterwards, and they're like, oh, this is Mike Skinner. He's in The Streets. And I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to The Streets now. Thank you, Doctor Who magazine. And <laughs> At the time, I was like, no, I can't vibe with this. And it took me a further five years to actually fully appreciate it, which... Yeah. I can totally understand that, because I feel like a lot of their stuff can be a bit... Um, what's the word? Um, combative, is it, maybe? I can see why it would put some people off. Because it wasn't uh, very conventional. I was expect like... Uh, my i can't remember how old i was in 2010 um 12 
13. I was 13. And I was yeah. just like, God, what? This is weird. This is quite abrasive. No, I can't be doing with this. Yeah. So you're quite spot on there. Yeah, abrasive is probably the best best word. And the same same with me. Like when I was at school, I was listening to um, I was listening to like My Chemical Romance and Billy Talent and Sun Forty One and you know those sort of bands. So to kind of like listen to um, listen to the streets was was very very different from that. Yeah, and. Now, speaking in 2021, I'd consider like this and A Grand Don't Come For Free probably two of my favourite albums ever. Um, oh, 100%, yeah. I think that, that's, got, that's got the songs that get people li- into the streets, hasn't it? You know, like, yeah, it's fit, got... Fit, you know it and... Um, yeah, Blind by like, the Lights. Yeah, yeah, like those are the songs that kind of get you in. And then, and then Original Pirate Material is kind of like the, the album. The kind of like classic album, if you'd say, like, yeah. Yeah. See, I'd kind of like disagree in a way because I'd say original pirate material, it's kind of like the more hits. But I know Grand Oak Free has probably their two biggest hits Would on you? it. But original pirate material, it's got yeah. like the standalone singles like Don't Mug Yourself, Has It Come to This? And mm-hmm. then A Grand Oak Come Free is this concept piece that works so well as an album. Yeah, so yeah, well, from back to front, but yeah, I don't know. But but you can work that approach with both albums, and that's what's magic about them. Like I say, you can't listen to one without the other. You've got to have them. I definitely, definitely agree with that. Yeah, like they do feel like um, you know you can kind of tell that they were writing the songs close together. They've still got you know a similar vibe to um, to the lyrics and to the sound. Um, I said like a little bit like the Arctic Monkeys' first two albums, kind of. You can tell yeah. they were quite close together and they've still, you know, they're a bit different, but they've got a similar sound. They didn't go too different like they kind of did straight after um, yeah. Favourite Worst Nightmare and um, whatever people say. It's kind of magic in a way. Um, yeah, I don't know. After Grand Oak Come For Free, like I've not really connected to anything else that's been put out the same way. No. Like the last the last album that was re- released last year, I think it was fine. It was okay in places, but it's just not original pirate material. No, Sorry, Mike. I, the last out, yeah, there was there was little bits that were. I was a bit like, um, yeah, okay, this this is all right. And like the features that they had on it as well, I was just. Um, I think I was hoping for more because he had some really cool features on. Yeah, yeah. They had like Team Impala on, didn't they? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, the first track, like it was really hyped up. Are oh, the streets collaborating with Tame Impala? And it just yeah. was this just blank yeah. nothingness. Yeah, it was just totally damp squib. Totally. Yeah, like, maybe some of the later material that the streets brought out might be the best material for another band, but because these first two albums are so good, it's it's very difficult to compare yeah. them. It's unfortunate when that happens because afterwards you're just immediately comparing everything and band or an artist ever released to yeah. like the, those first or first two albums. Have you seen The Streets live? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, they did split up, aren't they, for like quite a while? Yeah. And, um, and they were like 
because this album have just become one of my favourite albums. They were one of my like top 10 bands. If they ever got back together, I'd, I'd love to see. And then they announced possibly like the perfect run of shows where yeah. they were doing this. Um, I can't remember what they called it, but it was basically like a greatest hits yeah. show. And, um, I, th- I think it was it was either Leeds or Leicester. I think it might have been Leeds. We went to see them and it was as incredible as you can imagine just um one of the one of the best bands i've ever seen live and i've yeah. seen a lot of bands live. yeah yeah i saw them on that tour at sheffield and it just oh, blew right. it blew me away it's it's 100 and like you ben i've seen a lot of bands and artists over the years but that's in my top five gigs ever like mike skinner was just on fire it was the crowd were electric and I just can't put into like superlatives how good that gig was. It was. I think that's, um, I think that was like the main thing for me was like the, the crowd as well as their performance was incredible. The, the crowd's like um, energy was just unreal. Um, it was like, I compare it to kind of like seeing the charlatan, not the charlatan, sorry, the libertines. Yeah. So the teams at Rock City and their crowd was just um, on another level. Um, just everybody seemed so hyped and so on the side of the band, wanting yeah. them to just do as best as as they can. Like, um, yeah, it was it was incredible. That gig was. It was. It was <laughs> so good. It was the last gig I saw of twenty nineteen. Um, it was election night, and we all know how that went. But at least the, we got a good, yeah. At least we got a good Libertines gig out of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember leaving, going to Six Barrels because it was the open mic, um, and and just everybody's face. <laughs> I was like, "What? Why? What's happened?" Like I'd only just come back from this gig where I was buzzing, and then everyone's. Oh. Yeah. The first thing I did after they finished, like they played Don't Look Back Into The Sun, I thought, oh, that's that's so good. Like, I'm buzzing. This has been, like, one of the best nights of the year. I'm going to check the exit polls. Yeah. <laughs> Immediately my mood yeah. brought down. But then oh, I met Pete God. Doherty afterwards and then my mood was back up. Um, oh, did you? I think I've seen that photo, actually. Yeah. Even with that said, I still think the streets at Sheffield Academy was the better gig that year. Yeah, yeah. No, I'd like to say that's um, that streets gig. Um, wherever I saw it, I can't even remember what I saw it. It was either Leeds, Sheffield, or Leicester. I don't know. But um, somewhere that was, for now. Yeah, yeah. That was definitely um, one of the best gigs that I've ever been to, easily. And it was before they brought the new album out, so it was just straight up greatest hits, and yeah. it couldn't have picked a better set list. Yeah, there was like nothing that I walked away from that gig thinking um, I've, you know, I've missed out or anything. Like every single song that I possibly could have wanted to hear was played. Um, Yeah. And Mike's going to seem like relatively sober as well, which was good. So he performed well because I've seen I've seen some footage such as like Glastonbury where it's just uh, you can tell he's had a few few pints. You see. in Sheffield, like there was a point during a song where he had this big two pint, was this it? two pinter of beer, and he downed it in one. I, I, some people do that. I don't know. 
Huh. It was mental. Like, I can't even down one pint. <laughs> I can do one. I can't. I, I don't know how you do two. I can't do two. No, it's a magic within <laughs> Mr. Skinner. So, yeah, original pirate material. Let's go through this track by track. Track one, the opener, that is Turn the Page. I think that is possibly like one of the... Um... Just one of the best opening like songs to an album. Just that build, you know, the build yeah. of the, the drums, and and then when the violin comes up, it kind of just like gets you hyped. Proper yeah, hyped. it's if you're, like listening to that, just walking down. You could be doing the most mundane <laughs> task, washing the dishes or whatever, but you just feel like hyped to kind of do exactly you like you walk into Tesco's and it's like you're stepping into a boxing ring. It's yeah, exactly. Like so you it's said, kind of like, it's like the perfect. It's as if he wrote it kind of like um, as entrance music for a gig. Because it's yeah. just the the perfect like that starts going off and lights then you, go down and yeah yeah yeah. It's like you said. It's one of the finest album openers ever. We can only talk about this album in superlatives. It's. <laughs> It, you know the, the 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 orchestra that you mentioned. It's all sampled. All, yeah, yeah. Well, this all is built from samples. Yeah, this is one of my like, as well as just the sound of the album and the songs that are written and what have you. I think one of the reasons that it is one of my favorite albums and that they are one of my favorite bands is because they've kind of got the same ethos that I've got in terms of music being super DIY and kind yeah. of doing everything that you can yourself and and this album I'm I'm sure you know um we recorded it all in his in his flat yeah didn't he? Mm. um recorded the vocals in a cupboard that they put a mattress up against to um suppress the reverb or whatever it is that they do. Um yeah it's just amazing that this this album this like one of the greatest debut albums of all time, in my opinion, which recorded in somebody's flat. Hmm. It's amazing. Yeah, he's got the DIY aesthetic really, really well. It's like it's like the album was made like not with the desire to be mainstream. Like it just made for the sake of it. It exists purely for existence's sake. Like whoever likes it, whoever doesn't feel free to join in but it wasn't made to be popular but no. the fact that so many people connected with it just goes to show how universal it is exactly exactly it's like it's such a um and i'm sure we'll go onto this in the songs and stuff but it's such a mixture of completely different genres and completely different sounds that um that you can tell it's just it's just songs that my skinner loves and sounds that he loves and genres that he loves just smashed into one and like you say um him just saying this is what i've done if you like it you like it i've not created you know an album that's meant to have a certain sound because that sound is popular at the time mm. and will sell loads of albums he's not done that he's done what he kind of wanted to do and what he enjoys exactly so turn the page like he's just building up this loop of orchestral samples. He's just yeah. watched Gladiator. He's going to throw that into the lyrics. Yeah. Like, it kind of reminds me, a reminds me a little bit of kind of what 
you know, I suppose Sleaford Mods are doing, like, yeah. at the minute, and where it's just, it is just this loop, basically, that just builds and builds and builds and builds and then just carries on and builds and builds throughout the whole song. And and he's just, you know, rapping and seeing whatever it is that no. you have to describe it over the top of it. And There's no hook, it just builds and builds and builds, and then you just got that ending, Stand By Me, My Apprentice, Be Brave, yeah. where it just rings out. And then just bang, you're in track two. The whole album is waiting at your fingertips. You're in the thick of it now. Track two, has it come to this? Which is like just just that hook. I think that um, that is what the streets and Mike Skinner does really well. Has these really catchy and memorable vocal hooks. So has it come to this? That just like original pirate material yeah that that line you're listening listening to the streets lock down your aerial and it it gets repeated you know throughout the song just like other other songs on the album that little hook gets repeated throughout the song and it just um it embeds it in the listener's head to the point where and i'm sure you'd witnessed that this at the gig that you went to just everybody kind of knows this and kind of chants it back to to him as a as yeah. player, um, amazing. Um, I think. But yeah. yeah, I think I was watching a documentary about Chaz and Dave. Like, all oh, right, <laughs> very related to the streets. But like, they said that like one of their ambitions, like as musicians and songwriters, is that if you've not got the audience singing along by the second chorus, then you've kind of failed. And yeah, it's kind of universal instinct for musicians to properly get that earworm of a hook into you and this is the first example of it on original pirate material but it's certainly one of the most iconic yeah yeah because turn the page doesn't really have that it's it, no i suppose like the the, the is kind of the prologue the hook, i suppose yeah 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 and then um has it come to this really brings it in um and and this song also like displays the um i suppose the diversity in like instrumentation that the whole album has because you've just had this really um quite quite dark sounding um you know hype track almost like at the start with violin and um and the drums and then this song it's it's got that little piano melody in, in it isn't it like yeah which is just like it's just very different from you know from the verse song and very different from the next song and then different from the next song and the next song it's just um yeah just makes you feel so like it's it goes hard but it makes you feel so relaxed it's like coming in and like kicking your feet up like literally the first line of the song is make yourself at home and what a perfect way to introduce it it is like making yourself at home like yeah. mike skinner is introducing you he's letting you into the house for his original pirate material what a yeah. metaphor that is on a spot metaphor but yeah yeah like um I, as you were talking earlier about my music being very um you know east midland the kind of music yeah. um, and being very like location based um sticking to kind of roots and stuff even that line 
is is similar and shows um what is kind of about to come i suppose because you know um sitting down do you think and what I did, so, yeah. go on yeah do you think getting our tin hats on here um that mike skinner predicted coronavirus in this song lockdown your aerial lockdown <laughs> conspiracy big farmer we could we could wake up sheeple there's definitely some people that would take this and um <laughs> take take this clip and start sharing it on their <laughs> youtube channels and stuff and then mike skinner yeah would be the next um oh god what's his anti-vax figure like ian brown yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh dear Speaking of Ian Brown, um, let's go to track three. Let's push things forward. Oh, God. I I always struggle with what my favourite song is on this album because I love Turn the Page. Um, I love um, Don't Mug Yourself and what have you. But I think at the minute it might be this song. Like... um, I think it's it's partly because I absolutely love like um scar scar music. Yeah. It's the most scar like on the album. 100% and how it um takes on the roots of like UK music and it has like it has drum and bass in it. It has like I suppose grime wasn't really a thing wasn't yeah, really I suppose like, it's, thing, like I suppose it's more garage yeah yeah like garage and it's got all these elements and then it's got scar as well which was a massive you know a massive uk thing so it's it's just got this um amalgamation of all these um genres that you know maybe not necessarily started in the uk but have become massive staples of the uk and um let's push things forward it's just another example of that just that um you know Oh yeah, that that horn at the start, that and the, yeah, the the guitars, the you know upstroke guitars. It's mm. oh, I think I think this is at the minute my favorite song. Some of the lines on it's, it are just yeah, it's incredible. It's, it's just like jam packed, full of like one liners. Possibly like it's yeah. the most one of the album, but it's just like got snappy line after snappy line, like cult classic not bestseller i'll make bangers not anthems leave that to the artful dodger around around here we say birds not bitches that's i think that i was i was searching it and you beat me to it you're more prepared than me um, that line that line it's just how the instrumentation works around it as well yeah Um, unlike turn this is the one that kind of feels more like a band song if that makes any sense like it feels like a band could perform this and it's not just a loop or anything um and i love how how he knows how to kind of drop some instruments out or drop drop and bring some bits in to kind of um what's the word push push the lyrics and push the moments within the lyrics so that they're you know really brought out yeah you just get the instruments just chopping out when He's uh, at the end of the second verse, like, remember, I'm just spitting, one spitting, forever smitten, and then bam, chorus. Like, yeah. and it's a great chorus. It's another great hook. Um, we've got a feature from Kevin Mark Trail, not Ben Mark Smith, Kevin Mark Trail. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's. Maybe it'll be on our streets album. <laughs> Next streets album. <laughs> 
I'm looking at my research and we have got, apparently, this song had a very unlikely fan in one David Gilmore of oh. Pink Floyd fame. No way. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a big fan of this song. He said it's forward-looking and anarchic. It's strange little quirks of timing that I find very hard to use. Perhaps it will influence me in the future. As someone who has heard his album after this, it didn't influence him in the future, but I'm glad he yeah. said it. Yeah. Well, where's that? Is that an interview that you did or something? Yeah. Well, I think it was shortly after this oh, album wow. came out. So big up Dave. Yeah. Just the diversity and knowing how to put an album together. Like, it's a craft in itself, putting putting a track list together or putting oh, a yeah. together. And having those moments where it... Um, where it builds, where it dips, builds again, gets people dancing, gets people singing. Um, it, it's just really important. And I feel like this is, um, gosh, sorry. <laughs> this is part of the album's strength as well. It's just knowing where to put certain songs. You've, you've had the, you know, you've had the get hyped, the, the build moment at the start, you've chilled out a little bit and now you're starting to get ready to, you know, dance. Go and, out, yeah. It's, um, yeah. I think when you're making an album, you spend just as much time, if not longer, like deciding on the track listing flow, then recording it, then do, yeah. making the actual album. You think, oh God, where am I going to place this? What am I going to do? It's agonizing to say the least. It's, that's definitely true. I mean, as a person that's doing making an album, an album at, at the minute, like out with, of Slater this year, yeah, yeah, on all streaming platforms. On all streaming platforms, <laughs> um, so I'm starting now to sort out the the order, and I'm keeping all these things in my head. Like, oh, this might be good as a start because it'll get people like ready, you know, hyped like straight yeah. away. And then this one might be good here because it chills everybody out a little bit. So I'm, yeah, I'm starting to do that, and it is a bit of a, you know, a bit of a mindfuck. It is a bit of like, oh, a, yeah. oh god, but maybe this one's more popular so it should go at the start and oh, yeah God, it's just um i wouldn't wish it on anyone having to just <laughs> decide a track list no definitely not uh speaking of track lists um track four sharp darts very short and sweet track this is and it yeah. is catchy as fuck like yeah. i was listening to the album a lot to prepare for this episode and like i'd just be sleeping and then i just suddenly creeps into my head sharp dart spitting dart spitting hard faster shut up you it's just and it's... another of those vocal hooks isn't it just yeah. an, just the same as it comes to this it's just another one of those um vocal hooks that you kind of can play it to anybody and it it just brings it all back to you like people that haven't necessarily listened to the streets for you know a few a few years they just hear that and they go oh i remember this song Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah very, it's very short, like snappy brag track. Like, yeah. just like, again, it doesn't need to like reaffirm his place, but he is doing. Like, yeah. I love the bit in the just kind of the entire second verse. Like, I've got the lyrics that one day I hope to earn some hard royalties from a bit of sample robbery, hook burglary, noise fevery, or wholesale piracy. So watch your back. I'm inclined to sample. I'll dismantle and make you all examples. Poetry. Yeah, it's, oh, it's like the bragging thing, 
that um, that rappers have, um, especially in, you know, like US based, a lot of US yeah. based rappers like have this kind of bragging thing within the music. It's like taking that, but then also having this UK thing of being self self deprecating. Yeah. And, yeah. So he's like saying, I'm coming for you. But I call my samples. Like, yeah, and, and like, like, and and you know, you see that self-deprecating thing in some songs that are, you know, um, going to come in. It's it's just a, a British thing, isn't it? Like, um, yeah, to be like, can't that. big yourself up too much. No, 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 and it's what all UK comedy is based on, really. But um, mm. but yeah, it's it's amazing to have this this guy. Um, write lyrics like that and I think that maybe that's why it connected with so many people because um, it's not just some guy going like I'm the best MC out there my music's better than yours I have loads of money it's it's like no I've you know I've recorded this um, album in my in my room but I'm gonna be massive yeah and I'm and then you'll be like using my samples and I'll be looking I'll be sampling your music and you know all that <laughs> It's brilliant, and honestly, like I think that description's kind of made it made me like it even more. Um, yeah, it's it's a bit funny because it's um it's not, I suppose maybe meant to be that no. sort of bit like the um oh god what's the uh, Bruce Springsteen song um <sighs> born in the USA born in the USA yeah where it's it's basically anti and yeah and and then you know george bush and what have you are using it as a like celebratory song so people just listen to it on the radio they get tricked they just hear that born in the usa chorus but they don't yeah. read the lyrics and <laughs> i think like, fair play to bruce because he's tricking all of you he's having the last laugh exactly he's, he's kind of seen as this um he's seen as this um hometown american boy kind of thing like american singer songwriter and i suppose that just made them just think they see the american flag and stuff and they're like yeah this guy this guy's like a patriot this guy <laughs> yeah this is the third podcast in a row that there's been any mention of bruce springsteen um i'm trying to try and make it one in every episode um even if it's not relevant to the conversation, I'll mention Bruce. Just bring it up for no reason. <laughs> Speaking of Bruce Springsteen, track five, same old thing. Yeah, yeah. It's um I suppose this is like going back to that kind of the start, turn turn the pages a bit, it got a little bit of a darker sound. But yeah, I, f I don't know, I feel like it's it's got that sound, that like mm, just Yeah, it's a low hum. Yeah, yeah. And this is probably the first track on the album that really encapsulates like the start of songs with a narrative structure that like tell stories of like mundane yeah. scenes in small towns. Yeah. But Mike Skinner is just so good at nailing. Yeah. It's um yeah, like it I mean, there's a couple on this um on this album like that, um, just like this song and um and that word, that word that you used is um, perfect, like mundanity of it. Um, you know, it's not some fantastical story that they've come up with, you know, like Led Zeppelin kind of story about like, yeah. um, you know, no. wizards and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> it's just, it's just a, an everyday kind of like small town Britain thing yeah. that happens to everybody. And, and again, um, brings that like 
that thing that people can relate to, you know, the general, I don't know how old he was, probably like twenties at this time, maybe like the just general yeah. 20 year old bloke girl that can like um, listen to this album, this song or a couple of songs on this album and be like, I've literally had this exact yeah. same experience, exact same like night out or like whatever it is like, um, yeah, which he, which he just seems to be like, a master of you've lived those stories you know what it's like just yeah nothing seems to change same old thing every day it's and the lyrics that just go into the whole like just banality of just going to the pub and lounging around waiting for something to happen and yeah. it's just convict conveyed in such a colloquial way yeah it's 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 not about a, a wild night out where everyone was doing, you know, loads yeah. of drugs and then got kidnapped by someone. And then like, just, it's just, it's just literally um, about, about nothing really, which sounds mm. like it would be a really boring song, but it isn't. It's, it's, it's a great song and it, it helps you like connect to, connect to this album, connect to um, Mike Skinner as a person and as a songwriter. Um, and it helps you kind of like drift into the whole whole album um, as a whole and kind of like understand um, where he's coming from within the rest of the songs, I think. Yeah, my favourite lyricists are the ones who can make the most like everyday mundane things seem like the most epic and important, but like that need to be vitally conveyed. And this song is one of the first examples on the album one the lyrics that come to mind pick a bottle off the table peel the label tell a fable genius like just who else would even think about putting something like that in the lyric just being so bored with your situation you're just peeling off because like you just get a cob burger or a carling bottle yeah. peel it off play with it leave it around in the pub Putting that in a song just makes it yeah. so much more relatable, to me at least. He's, he's said it in such a poetic way as well. Like you could you could just say it if like took a bottle, peeled the label off, told the story. <laughs> but he said it in this like really abstract way, tell a fable, like like it's um fable. Oh, it's just yeah, fantastic like lyricism, um really. Bring back to Will Varley and and Bruce Springsteen, if you want to bring him back in as well. Um, oh, I, Bruce. Those, yeah, those songs that um, that are just little small things. One of the song that got me into Bruce Springsteen because I was never really like that fussed, but never um, kind of because I didn't make an effort to listen. But I um, I watched the on Broadway thing that he did. Ah, yeah, yeah. I've not seen and, it yet, uh, but I really want to. You know, it's fantastic. Um, I mean, it got somebody like me who wasn't too bothered now into a really big Bruce Springsteen fan. Um, but he performs a song called The Wish on that, on piano. And and all it is is basically just a general story about a bloke and his mum and his dad. Mm. And then he meets a girl and that becomes his wife. And that's the, literally all it, all it is. But um, he just says it in... He sings it and he's written it in such a poetic way that it becomes 
like a fable it becomes like a, a kind of story and and that's mm. exactly the same as what frank skinner's done in in this song and frank um, skinner uh, not frank skinner. <laughs> frank skinner frank skinner three lions imagine frank skinner version of uh, the streets and oh, now that's going in room 101 <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh right um speaking of frank skinner track seven geezers need excitement yeah i think that's that's a genius bit of track listing because you go from same old thing where there's nothing to fill your life yeah. and then the natural conclusion to that is certain people fill that void with like just kicking off and having yeah. fights in kebab shops common sense simple common sense yeah that i mean that line is just that line is just like fantastic it's just um oh God, i keep repeating myself but again it's just another like snippet of line that that could be a quote that you just you know um yeah. it's just fantastic fantastically written and and yeah it's it's based on a certain type of person. It's really, it's not very broad. It's just, um, it's so descriptive of a certain type of person that you only really, you know, that you only really get in the UK. And um, and that's what, again, makes it personal. Is, you know, this team runs through the album a lot, this, this type of person that he's speaking about yeah um, shows up in what's the song the um, terry yeah yeah um shows up in the irony of it all and um don't mug yourself i, I suppose yeah um yeah there's a common relatability to it like chances are you've be either been that person or you've seen it you've been a spectator to like end of a end of a night out like 3 a.m and just people kicking off in mcdonald's or kfc or just any place for no reason other than just needing excitement yeah yeah and um and i can kind of like understand like where it's coming from because um yeah you know we we see it all the time like you know life for some people that don't have an app outlet like music um you know whatever it is they don't some people just they don't they don't have a hobby they don't have this outlet um so their their outlet does become just the weekend Mm. and and the you know they normally work hard so it's it's working hard nine till seven or what nine till five every day or whatever it is um five days a week just earning that money to to blow it all at the weekend and they they go over the top because it's just getting all of that pent up um stress and aggression um that they've you know built up over five days out in one one burst um whereas you know the general person that maybe has a hobby or an outlet such as music can kind of like get that out throughout their lyrics um so it's, it's really kind of clever insightful way of like writing about that person not not just going oh these knobheads that get drunk and get in fights and stuff it's it's actually talking about why why they get like this and why they get into fights at the weekend and why they you know might get overly drunk and aggressive and what yeah yeah 
I couldn't have put it any better myself. You nailed that. <laughs> Just <Yeah. laughs> exactly on the head. Um, speaking of being out of time, uh, track seven, it's too late. I think it's played my, my, it's my pick for the most underrated on the album. Yeah, like, I, I always do kind of like, forget it's on there. Um, but I think it kind of like gets eclipsed. It starts off like the intros a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it is quite um, understated and quite like, it's, it's one where it goes into that mellow sound yeah. and kind of like eases shit. And it's um, it's got that that uh, female vocal on that's really, you know, mm. quite quite soothing and stuff. So I suppose it's normally like the the aggressive stuff that you remember, isn't it? And so maybe that's why it gets eclipsed a lot when people are talking about the album. I think it also gets eclipsed by the other big breakup ballad that the Streets did, "Dry Your Eyes." Yeah, yeah. So like when whenever you talk about the you know the streets sad songs or their yeah. breakup song whatever you just everybody immediately goes to yeah. that song and now you know we'll talk about the others but that i prefer sense. this to dry your eyes controversial yeah. uh, ah, um <laughs> but I I, I I i love it like i yeah. think for lyric we first met through a shared view she loved me and i did too that's my favorite lyric on the entire album that's that's a good shot. It's a very good shot. It's um, it's very. It's him being serious, and I yeah, I feel like the album's kind of split um in half. I feel like most of their their whole discography really is is this split in half of of him being serious and having these moments of going, right. The this one I won't piss about on. Um, this one is like you know my my deep meaningful. Yeah. And then these are the ones where I was just muck about you know, a bit. Yeah, add add little um, you know, little Easter eggs in of you know, like films that I like and random things. I like little jokes in there, little colloquial. Can't say the word colloquialisms. Colloquialisms. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Nailed it. Add, yeah, <laughs> add little things like that in. But um, but I yeah, I love these kind of ones where he's gone this. You know, this is a serious one, and um, and the way that he delivers his vocals, you can tell in in those sort of ones because they're they're very like mild mannered, very like soft, and um, I think the way that he delivers on this song fits really well with the with the female singer um, that's on it. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, you very much nailed that. Um, I it's got. Um, it's like a, it's a cyclical narrative. I couldn't say that word cyclical. Yeah, but yeah. You start off like him being a twat, like always being late, and at the very end when he's saying, "Meet me at the gates, leave now, don't be late." She doesn't turn up, and like the whole the rest of that third verse just wallows in the emotional aftermath of that yeah. narrative, and that, there's like such a genius to it. A lot of singer songwriters or whatever, they you know their love songs just kind of like they're either where was me, um, you know I this girl broke up with me for no reason, I I love her still and all all that sort of stuff, um, or it's kind of like or it's kind of like braggy. Whereas whereas in this it's kind of being 
really um it's being quite like truthful it's being like you know in relationships aren't um this kind of like love story romance kind of things some people are just you know yeah idiots do do bad things or get kind of stuck in their way and don't show attention to the person that they're with or don't treat them in the way that they they could do and then you don't kind of realize until my dog's going mad (laughs) don't don't realize yeah don't go they don't realize until the until it's gone you know um and then that's when you start to think oh maybe i should have like yeah. treated this better and well and that's that's why he, what he kind of like um displays really really well in his lyrics um it's just just really really meaningful and really um truthful i suppose is is the way to describe them brilliant brilliant um speaking of truthful we move on to track eight uh too much brandy this is like oh, very like tonal whiplash because yeah, that yeah. one was like quite a serious track and now we get one that's much more light-hearted again about a disastrous night out that i'm sure we've all been on at some point so can... he's so good at writing those sort of songs this is I'd, like i'd 100 if i was kind of talking to people about um the album that i'm writing this has inspired this album um that i'm writing at the minute so much just having these songs about you know, nights out and the things that happen on nights out in, you know, just in your local town or where, wherever mm. you go in these local venues. Um, but yeah, so um, lyrically, it's sort of like, you know, an- another another banger. And the, um, I kind of like, my favourite thing about this song, I'd say, is, um, is the production a bit. Like the yeah. bass, just when that bass comes in, it's, um, it's just really aggressive. And quite like raw, a bit distorted, but really like kind of pounding. Um, and again, this is where you can see the diversity in in the sounds that he's going with. Because um, it's not really a song that sounds like this up to this point no. on this album. And then it just brings this in out of nowhere. Kind of like, oh, wow, like what's what's happening now? Some, something new. Yeah. And I the production is stellar on this track and also i love mike skinner's performance on it he is loving this track he is totally into it like just certain bits that i that are unforgettable like am i paranoid yes you're paranoid i love it it gets me every yeah, time yeah, yeah, yeah. just yeah the way you can tell which songs like he's he's got the energy to perform and those little ad libs and those little like funny moments come out where he's like goes outside of his box a bit. Mm. It's like having this box around you of like this is where I'm comfortable. But certain songs, such as like "Don't Mug Yourself" as well, I feel brings it out of him. Where it's like, oh, I'm just I'm just having a good time with this song, and I'm gonna I'm just gonna put all my energy into it. Um, yeah, that that little moment that you mentioned is just. Um, it's, it's it's funny pretty funny how he delivers it as well anyway yeah and so speaking of don't mug yourself track nine don't mug yourself oh i've just realized um, that that's the next one <laughs> yeah track nine don't mug yourself um the big single um that everybody knows um you've quoted it in one of your songs 
one year on. Oh, you, yeah, yeah. I was going to bring that. That was in my notes to bring up. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, I am your notes. Yeah, this is. <laughs> yeah, this is. Um, this is a hundred percent kind of the one that always comes back to number one with me for the album. Like favorite mm-hmm. song on the album. It's it's just. Um, this this song is is definitely like along with King for a King, is kind of the what the song that has inspired like the way that I want to, and how I do write um write my lyrics and write my songs and just adding have it having a story to it because it's a story just about yeah. a bloke on a night out and him wanting to um him trying to pull a girl and his mates being like call me you know act cool don't mug yourself like um we've all had that moment on a night out where we're like Mm. like it's just so so recognizable um you've had a bit too many drinks and you just think that you're you know a player you think you're god and what have you (laughs) um i love this song love it um the bass the bass as well is just so so catchy um it's inspired some of the like indie bands and you know, like Arctic Monkeys and what have you that come, oh, yeah. out, come out after. Whereas in when the sun goes down, you've got that do 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 do. Like bass lines became a memorable thing in a lot of like these bands and and I feel like like songs like Don't Mug Yourself maybe were the precursor to to that because that bass line in Don't Mug Yourself is is definitely like, oh memorable. god yeah you can feel. Bit like the DNA of Don't Monkey Yourself in a lot of like the indie bands that came after that, particularly Arctic Monkeys, yeah, because their first album, whatever people say I am, is very much the same tales of disastrous nights out in clubs where you've had a few too many yeah. and you see like, yourself as like this album, um, 100% in- inspired so many acts that we came to kind of you know love, um. As we got into music, um, I mean, it definitely inspired people like Jamie T and Oh yeah, Arctic Monkeys, and I'd say like Lily Allen, and hmm. you know, like all, all of these these acts. Definitely, it kind of brought a thing out of like, oh, I can, I don't necessarily have to try and pretend to be American to yeah. to make it big. I can. I can keep my accent and I can sing about my local town and and I can still, you know, sell albums. If if you gave that song to um a record label or a professional songwriter, they'd go, This song's you know, this song's not gonna you know do well. It's it's not a conventional love song, it's not this, it's not that, but for some reason it did really well. Mm. And and it's because it's different. And sometimes people just want something different, don't they? They don't want the yeah. same pop that they're, you know, churned out. To them. Nailed it. Um, when I saw them, when I saw them at Sheffield, the moment that they went down, 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 boom, like eruption in the crowd. Like I've not <laughs> felt anything like that in a long time. I think that's like one of the songs, along with maybe like Fit But You Know It and um, Cry Your Eyes and Wife, yeah. It's kind of the song that people know all the lyrics to. Yeah. Like the, the lyrics are just so easy to to just learn from, from listening a few times and there's so many moments in it that um, 
just becomes one of those songs that everybody gets hyped for because they can sing along and they won't look like an idiot because they don't know the lyrics because everybody knows the lyrics. It's like the yeah. Mr. Brightside thing, isn't it? Where like everybody in the UK for some reason knows the lyrics. <laughs> it's like a national anthem. Yeah, yeah. So so you get more hype for it because it's like, oh, this is a song that I can... It's one of those songs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of one of those songs, um, track 10, Who Got the Funk? And there's not really much to say about this one. It's just there. It's yeah, like an interlude. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, I think it's just kind of one for him to just experiment yeah. genre-wise, isn't it? It's like, I've I've done this scar thing. I've done this baseline thing. I've done this, like, hype track and, and, and moody sort of thing. So, so it's just like, I'll just try this, this fun, funky sounding one with this funky sounding guitar um yeah yeah there's nothing nothing to it really it's just no. um it's just a, a little bit of something different isn't it it doesn't need to be there but i'm glad it is because mm. it, it bridges us very nicely onto track 11 um the irony of it all which is my favorite track on the album yeah um Definitely. like it's never been my favorite but but it's always been in in that tier because of just how like creative it is and it's just like such a um fantastic concept to come from like mm. having having these two polar opposite types of people and having them kind of as if they're having a conversation with themselves through the medium of a yeah. song like and it's not just two people talking to each other which you know that thing happens within folk music a lot, and yeah, one of the most famous songs in that nature would be like "Fairy Tale of New York," where it's like a female yeah. singer talk, talking to a, a male um, character, both kind of conversing. But this, it's like um, it's different because it, it switches genre with each yeah. time. Each time it changes, it doesn't. It doesn't stay the same song, really. It's like it's a completely different genre that yeah. fits, fits that character. It's, it's such a clever song. It's yeah. wildly experimental for a debut album. It's yeah. like, like you said with the Fairy Tale of New York comparison, it's like a duet, but he's doing, Mike Skinner's just playing these two wildly extravagant, larger than life depictions. Yeah of two different people two people who again you'll very very like no you'll know terry the guy who drinks too much is a loud mouth is a brute like always gets into fights it's the and same tim the stoner same. yeah yeah i mean the terry guy's like the same character he's from... need excitement yeah yeah it's, it's like he's got this character that these it's like a film in a way the whole album where it's just got these characters that he brings in every so often and uses in different songs and what have you um but uh, yeah just the, the um the things that they say to each other as well and how they kind of um mm. how um like terry is much more emotionally like charged like what well, i'm perfectly yeah. sane you stinking student lamo and T and tim just responds with like facts now terry you're repeating yourself but that's okay drunk people can't help that and it's so like the, the the performance he gives is just inspired i love it i it's the track i always come back to the most yeah i, sp I suppose this this again is one of the ones that you can tell he really got like 
into and um and creating those you know different voicings and um and the way that he delivers it um it's 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 great it's uh it's it's the song i suppose when you'd go like if you were showing somebody the album you'd go here's don't mug yourself here's the you know the the banger that everybody knows mm. but here's here's an example of how creative this album is um something completely different song. yeah yeah where it's it's as if it's not even a song it's like you're showing somebody a spoken word like yeah um, you know it's yeah it's fantastic brilliant i actually like l learned that fact like when i heard that song like but drunk people like they can't help repeating themselves it's a chemical reaction and so every time that i've drank since i'd just be like oh repeating myself i must yeah, not yeah, be yeah. sober now yeah 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 this is definitely true isn't it looking out You've been with enough people in Bodega or whatever. Oh, like, yeah. like, oh God, <laughs> just saying the same thing over and over again now. <laughs> and again, I've been there, and many people have, but like, again, there's a part of you that like sides in Tim, like, he, like with his facts about like, alcohol abuse versus marijuana, like incarcerations. And yeah. personally, like, you get to hit, like, say you order a pizza we didn't order chicken not a problem we'll pick it out like we don't want to cause a fuss we're just yeah. peaceful um showing there's two ways to deal with every yeah. situation and here's here's one way that you can deal with it if you're if you just let your emotions um control you and and if you let you know substances and stuff control how you act but then here's the other way that you can deal with the situation if you want to be more um pragmatic is that the word is that the yeah. right word if you yeah if you want to be more pragmatic if, if you want to kind of like deal with the situation in the best way that it can be um dealt with it's um, incredibly clever yeah yeah and the way i suppose that it it's got an ending but it doesn't end no it's kind of like it's it's made to end because no. terry makes it end it just ends like, on a bit of a punchline and yeah, yeah. which again it's seeks directly into track 12 we become heroes um i'd probably consider this the centerpiece of the album the emotional centerpiece it's a yeah. very like nostalgic and rose-tinted look it's not even like rose-tinted it's just like really like looking back towards a happier time in your life encapsulating the feeling of just being completely like in a state of pure bliss and euphoria at a live event it doesn't have like in the song it's about rave culture but yeah. i've felt found that it can be like transferred onto like say if you're at a gig or a festival or anything it's just a universal feeling yeah. that is captured yeah he's, he's obviously talking about like um you know talking about rave culture and talking about his like experience and what he loves and and it shows in the genre that is, you know, in the in the sound that he's picked to represent it. Like he's not picked an aggressive sound to represent right. him talking about this. He's he's picked quite a like, you know, that, those violins, those like strings at the start, and then this just really chilled like beat throughout. It's um, mm. it's kind of like um, it, it's like being at a festival. Um, yeah sundown or something it's like um you know orange sky and you just 
Oh, just God, chilling. Yeah. It's that time period. It's it's got that that vibe to it, and it's basically it makes sense that it comes towards the end of the album as well. Like you've just yeah. you've experienced these highs and you these lows, these kind of like quite deep, quite sad songs. You've experienced these funny songs, these mean thoughtful songs, and now here's this kind of just like um, this like re- relax. You can after all that, you can relax and um, yeah. Yeah, it's the yeah. climax towards it, of all the storytelling of the album. Like you've been through all these scrapes, high and low, funny and sad, and here we are. Like we're together. Yeah. It's like sun's coming down at a festival. There are strangers out there who will soon become your friends. Um, again, some fantastic lines on this song. Some fantastic lyrics. Um, yeah. See if people all equal smiles in front and behind me. I've known you all my life. I don't know your name. Like you know that feeling of just bumping into people at a festival or a, like night out gig, and like you don't know each other. You probably might not even talk again after the night, but it all that matters is that night. And you're all you're all there, like for the same reason, and it's the same. Um, I don't know if you go to loads of raves. I don't go to loads of raves, so I don't know what it's like. have been to a rave. No, no, I've never been to a rave. But, after Corona, uh, I'm going to 100 raves. I'm going to all the raves after this. All the but, raves. Um, but I've been to a lot of festivals. We've both been to a lot of festivals. Um, uh, and it's it's the same thing of, like, you're at this rave or you're at this festival for the same reason, to have a good time. And, and as it says in this song, like, um, we don't know each other. And you know, you're you're like you say, we will never meet again, maybe, but yeah. we're both experiencing this thing at the same time and um and make the most of it and you'll you'll have the memories for like, you know, for life. The rest of your year. Yeah, yeah. And the song's got a very clever framing device. It's Mike Skinner in the like in a McDonald's in a cafe, just hearing this piano loop and it takes him back. And the last verse, it's him crashing back to the cafe, just this, the yeah. same site, same old thing every day. And now he's got the memories at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that happens just the same with those nights out and those raves and stuff. Um, the same thing happens with the festivals, isn't it? I'm sure it's happening. You mm. like, you, you have this song absolutely. And yeah, you have this amazing time at this. Um, festival and then you come you come home and go to work for the first time after and you're like oh, god <laughs> i'm back here in the mundanity of you know everyday life but you've got those kind of memories of that festival and yeah. um and the songs that you heard and the people that you saw and 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 that's i think it's just really really well encapsulated in in that song there's a lot of um especially on the festival scene there's a lot of songs about festivals and like your song festivals <laughs> yeah like my song festivals but um which is going to be on that album um that's coming but... out later this year on all streaming services thank you you're you good at this camera but um but but i don't know if there's you know that many that kind of talk about the rave culture because i suppose a lot of songs that are written for raves and about raves or electronic music which mm. doesn't necessarily have a lot of like you know 
lyric lyrics in them. Yeah, it's the emotional climax of the album in my mind. I mean, we've got two tracks afterwards, but I feel like this is like the linchpin of it. This is what it's all been building up yeah. to. And afterwards, yeah. we've got another tiny, tiny little interlude called Who Dares Wins? And there's not really much That's to say it. about <laughs> it. It's like 30 seconds. No. Of Mike's going to just saying some words. It was a thing, wasn't it, with... Um... You know, with Eminem's early albums and Snoop Dogg's early albums and Dr. Dre's and stuff, they they always had these little skits in. Yeah. And they'd be more, you know, they'd be more talking, kind of. They'd be like a little bit of a beat playing, but there wouldn't be anything really. It was just a kind of a kind of little interlude between the next song. And that's just kind of what this feels like, I suppose. It's, um, it, it, you kind of can't call it a song because it's just, no. it's just a little bit. Little pathway between that song and then what's what's about to come. Yeah, and speaking of what's about to come, the final track, track fourteen, "Stay Positive." Here we are. This is the like yeah. the, the part where finally, after all this, Mike's gonna addresses you. He's telling you like this is how I got here. This is what to do when life turns shit um just stay yeah. positive it's very similar to the ending of grand don't come for free empty cans when there's the yeah, yeah. kind of summative statement at the end of it yeah and what what a great way to end an album on that's been through so many things and been through um talking about breakups talking about crazy nights out um where things don't go your way um to kind of end on this this singer flight maybe all of these things have also happened to you like they've happened yeah. to me but stay positive it's a good way to end both of the songs like uh, um sorry to end the album with both of both of these two songs because yeah. it's like here's you've had all these crazy moments and stuff but you also have these amazing moments such as the raves or the festivals or whatever mm. and then so eventually you know stay positive because you know, you might have downs, but um, but there are there are ups and there are good things. Yeah, like you just gotta keep going at it. Like, and there's a bit at the end of the last of the last verse. Like, I go try and get the exact phrasing. Um, Stop dreaming, people who say that are blaspheming. They're doing nine to five and moaning, and they don't want you succeeding when they've blown it. Brilliant poetry and the one that i was referring to was um if you aren't or never have been at rock bottom then good luck to you in the big wide world but remember that one day shit might just start crumbling your bird might fuck off or you might lose your job it's when that happens that what i'm talking about will feel much more important to you so if you ain't feeling it just be thankful that things are cool in your world that's amazing, what a way to end the album what a way to end the album yeah de definitely i think um this one's always like stuck in my head, especially because this is one of the albums. Uh, sorry, one of the songs that was on that film was on. Yeah, Kidothood. It's um, yeah, it's later. I got I got it confused. The two songs, are "Blinded by the Lights," yeah, and this song. Mm. The, those are the two songs that are on Kidothood, and this is like towards the end of the film where things have gone really really bad for like the main character um and and the other you know the supporting cast um just loads of things are going really badly 
and it's all about to they're all about to come together in kind of the final scene and it's showing him kind of heading towards that with this song over the top and it doesn't end up well mm. in the end scene but um but it's kind of a li- uplifting track at the time for the for the lad and it's yeah. saying like you know be positive and and go and try and sort things out i'm trying to say it in the most um, non-spoilery way yeah 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 so it's difficult but um but yeah yeah it's it's like a crucial time that this song's played and i think that's why it um it's stuck in my head it's um yeah it's it, I've, I've always thought that like instrumentation is quite like it's very downbeat. soft and downbeat yeah. like it's in a minor key for like yeah. which is quite oxymoronic is really it's, it's called like stay positive and it's it's about trying to be positive and all this sort of stuff, but it's quite like a little bit. If you just had that beat on its set on its own, hmm. it it might sound like quite a sad song and quite like you know, um, like it's just trudging along really. But um, so contrasting that with the um, with the lyrics and the topic that he's talking about is is really interesting. It really is, and yeah, such a way to end an album. It's. Uh, right that was something and a half just discussed every single track on original pirate material you're listening to the streets lockdown your aerials with benjamin marcus smith um if you had to pick one of these tracks that makes you feel good the most like makes you lifted and gets you through the day which one would it be oh god so difficult um I was about to say, like, I probably should have, like, got this from, like, you agonising over which your favourite track is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's because they're all in, like, different... They make you feel good in different ways. Um, Yeah. I'd say... I'd say... I'm just going to say don't mug yourself at the minute. But that doesn't take away anything from the fact that, like... Um, turn the page gets gets me hyped when I listen to it. Like, yeah, um, stay positive kind of chills me out. But don't don't mug yourself. Just gets me like when whenever I listen to it, it, just makes me happy. Those those lyrics make me happy, and you yeah. know, kind of gets me ready for like nights out or gigs or stuff like that. It's a fantastic song from a fantastic album. And yeah, we could have put every single track on there. But that's what this podcast is yeah, for. Yeah. Thank you very much, Ben, for joining exactly. me. It's been incredible to chat to you again. Where can people keep up to date with you online? Thank you. Thank you for talking to me. Been really, yeah, it's been a pleasure being on. Um, if you search Ben Mark Smith on, on anything from, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, you'll find me. It's normally at Ben Mark Smith all together in one word. Mm. Um, and yeah, you can find my music on Spotify. There's a few songs out there or on Bandcamp. And then I'll have, um, I'll hopefully have this album Drinking Games out the end of July. So keep um, keep a lookout for that. Brilliant. It's a very Googleable name. It's free names like my name. We we really want one in the name lottery um for googleable names thank you ben um thank you very much for joining me um yeah i'll see you again hopefully when this is all over see you at a gig sometime or 
anywhere. Thank you. And that is that. Wasn't that amazing? Wasn't that spectacular? Thank you very much to Ben Mark Smith for giving up an hour and a bit to discuss original pirate material with me. I hope you enjoy it just as much as I enjoyed making it. Um, I highly recommend you go and listen to Ben's music after this podcast is done. He is such a lovely, lovely person and incredibly talented musician and songwriter. He's got four singles out, Who's the Girl, One Year On, Thanks for the Adventure, as well as the Bandcamp exclusive, Dog and Parrots. Now, I didn't mention this in the podcast, but the Dog and Parrot itself is a venue slash pub in Eastwood, which is a fantastic venue. So welcoming, so lovely. I played there once, Ben actually booked me for a gig. It was for D.H. Lawrence Festival in Eastwood, and I played the Dog and Parrot. I, Before I was going to play it, I didn't think much of it. I wasn't expecting a lot, but I walked away from it thinking that was one of the best gigs I've ever played or ever will play. And I just have the welcoming nature, the joyous atmosphere of that place to thank for it. So... Yeah, once this is all done, go go get a drink at the Dog and Parrot in Eastwood. Lovely, lovely place. Yeah, shout out over. Um, go follow Ben wherever you go follow people, whether that's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, etc. I highly recommend you do so. Speaking of highly talented musicians, episode four, next week, I'll be chatting to Chloe Glover. Manchester's Finest, to discuss Brave Faces, everyone, by Spanish Love Songs. Oh, yes. I am very, very excited for that episode. I haven't spoken to Chloe for a long time, so it'll be nice to chat to her again, as well as discussing a very good album by a sensationally underrated band. Um, so, yeah, keep an eye out for next week. Thank you, as ever, for tuning in. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at cam underscore sh, and you can follow the podcast on Twitter at feelgoodalbum. You can follow it on Instagram at feelgoodalbumclub. That's the same as the Twitter handle, but just with an extra word attached. And for any inquiries, whether that's guests, guest booking, um, catering, etc., hiring me for weddings. <laughs> post-pandemic, you can email me at feelgoodalbumclub at gmail.com. That is feelgoodalbumclub at gmail.com. Please remember to like, share, follow, subscribe, whatever you kids are doing these days. I can't keep track. Yeah, follow the podcast on Spotify or wherever you're listening to this podcast on. And go spread the word with anyone who you know who likes music, likes podcasts, like, likes Mike Skinner, likes The Streets, likes Ben Mark Smith, likes folk punk, likes cool pubs in Eastwood, etc., etc. 
please go and share. I originally started this podcast just for fun, just for the hell of it, but I really wouldn't mind an audience. So, yeah, please do. Thank you very much for tuning in to the Feel Good Album Club, episode three. My name has been Cameron Sinclair Harris. Tune in next week for more of the same. In the meantime, ta-ta, bye-bye, don't be a stranger, see ya. This is the coda, this is the final curtain call For the feel-good album club For now Despite it being the end Will I see you again Sometime soon Got it.